Welcome everyone to episode 7 of Oh Come On Sports oh, Come on Mike and Jesse And uh, we got some, we got actually all four sports to talk about tonight So that's nice And we got the Thursday Nighter on in the background here And Baker Mayfield has come in the game And Cleveland Browns are stoked they the have, they, yeah. The fans yeah. are, and the team is. They have way more energy since Baker Mayfield has come in. He's like stepping back and throwing the ball. Who would have thought a quarterback <laughs> should do that? And uh, it's really giving them energy. But they're losing by fourteen, so they need the energy. We'll see what yeah. happens here. Yeah. Second well, half is just you know, starting. Cleveland, Cleveland, will Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, but first, let's get to some NFL. All right, so the big news this week is coming out of Steeltown. Um, we got Antonio Brown no-showing Steelers practice Monday and Tuesday. Um, and this comes after many back-and-forth tweets with either media types or former Steelers employees. Uh, it just doesn't seem like things are too rosy in in Pittsburgh right now. It, it looks like things are going crazy there with uh, like the Lev Bell thing has obviously been well documented but now like and this this has been a problem with Pittsburgh for a while actually these two players in particular Antonio Brown and Lev Bell are are causing shit like this on yep. a regular basis. Yep. They are so freaking talented and when everybody's in the lineup that team is a Super Bowl contender but I don't know why these guys do that and Antonio Brown this is kind of They've been solved. Like they, the he talked to Tomlin and they they sorted it out. They said that it was he was excused, he even, was though, excused. even though he wasn't at yeah, the, it, the day that he didn't show. Yeah, he, he wasn't excused. Yeah, so. they just came back and they're like, oh yeah, he was excused. No, don't worry, it was just, it's just a personal matter. Yeah, Tom, so, Tomlin when when asked that question whether it was an excused absence, Tomlin said, I I'm not going to say it was or it wasn't, which is hilarious because that's exactly saying that it wasn't. Yeah, if it exactly. was, you say it was. Like exactly, exactly. <laughs> so this all started. When a former, well, it started a while back, but like this missing the day uh, came during Sunday's game. A former Steelers employee, Ryan Scarpino, tweeted that AB needs to thank his lucky stars that he was drafted by a team that had Ben. And Ben got AB paid. You know darn well he wouldn't put up those numbers for other teams. And then Brown, after the <coughs> game, tweeted back at him, trade me, let's find out. Well, Antonio, you. Ryan Scarpino doesn't have the the authority to trade you, no. so that makes no sense. <laughs> so you just create a lot of work for your team with that comment. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then this this was like growing trend, I guess, because going back, I guess last week Jesse Washington of ESPN wrote an article suggesting that basically Antonio Brown was a dick, a disloyal lover, and a deadbeat dad. Uh, look it up; it's on it's on the ESPN website. It's an interesting. Take, yeah. Of course, uh, Antonio Brown is not happy about that. He no. tweeted at him. He's like, "Now, I'm going to say it the way he wrote it. Um, it. I'll just say this: It drives me insane that nobody can spell proper on Twitter. <laughs> Got to save those characters. Wait till I see you, bro. We gonna see what your jaw like. All right. Did that happen a while ago? Right. That happened last week. That happened last week too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then he's been feuding with with guys in the media for a while. Yeah, and then during training camp. Ed Bouchette, who re- who writes for the Pittsburgh Gazette, posted a, a, like an observation on there that Brown was limping off the field. This is the one I remember. Yeah, and then Tomlin le- later clarified that no, 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 there was no injury. He was just going off to do some individual work. And then Brown tweeted at Bouchette saying, bro, seriously, have some respect, you making up shit clown. 
Yeah. And and he so was kind Bob of just gets mad at everybody on Twitter. Yeah, and he was just doing his job too, Bichette there. Like he's just reporting what he saw. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like the and one the one the article who was stating he was a deadbeat dad and stuff was Jesse that a, Washington. That was a different one, yeah. yeah. I mean stuff like that. I, I I don't know where I come out on that because I a long time ago I've gotten over the fact that professional athletes are not always good people. Yeah. To, to the point where I'm not faced by this stuff. Like, you yeah. hate hearing stories about people being mistreated and stuff like that. But it, it's it's part of life. Yeah. And, and this has been around for a long time. This isn't new. Exactly. And you know what? I, I read the article, and to me it came across as just his opinion. It wasn't fact. Like, he was almost like... That's so, also a problem. He was also doing doing what Michael Moore does in his documentaries. He Ugh. shows one side of the story and then makes it out that that's the whole truth yeah. when it's not. <laughs> that's the way I read the article. So, like, yeah, it didn't paint him in a great – like, I'm sure anybody can write an article on anybody and paint it in a way that makes you sound like the biggest jackass on the face of the earth. So much – You know, of, like, yeah. they could say, like, you know, Jesse, you, you – um, you you yell at your kids, uh, you know, with a raised voice, and it scares them, and you're you're an asshole because it's gonna scar them or something like that. When, okay, yeah, I do yell, but it's like a small fraction <laughs> of the time. But if you hone it's in like on that, thirty five percent of the time, <laughs> small fraction, it's, like seventy less than half the time, okay? like seventy <laughs> percent. So I agree. But I, if you if you hone in on that one thing well of course you're going to sound like a dick so like I didn't really agree with the article but you can see why Antonio Brown is getting pissy with the media Yeah, and I think he was just pissed off with how the Steelers are playing it's a combination of everything too yeah I, yeah, I agree with all that and I think I, I, these players have it have it other than the fact they're millionaires doing a sport they love yeah. I, I don't I don't I, I do feel sorry for some of them I should say yeah. uh, with the way the way, with the way the media goes after them sometimes, it is unfair. And the thing is, they're under a microscope that none of us are really under. So, so like, I mean, someone could pick out the worst thing of my life and write it down and bring it up. And I would probably be upset with that, too. I think yep. everybody is the same in that instance. Yep. But these guys are under such scrutiny, and we have so much information on them now. Um, the Internet has a whole, everything to do with that. And it's, it's, it is tough on them. No, no one's going to feel sorry for them. Well, but and, and but but I get their side of it. That's part of the like that they get paid handsomely to play football or whatever sport they're in, but they also get paid to talk to the media. Now, they're like you said, they're under a microscope all the time, and that's tough. Doesn't matter how much you get paid, that's tough. Yes, you know, and the, um, and the media is always out. They're always looking for something juicy, right? Yes, like yes, and there's good people. This isn't painting everyone with the same brush. There's there's good and there's and there's bad. Yeah, it's like any anything, but uh, some people are looking for that scoop, and they're looking for a little bit extra, looking for you to mess up, and that's why when these guys are talking to them, they always have their guard up, and you know the good interviewers can can break that down, and it, it's through trust where that happens. So the good interviewers break that down through trust, and you can get a great interview out of these guys. But you know, just someone holding a microphone in their face after something went bad, it, it's hard for those guys to build the trust. Yeah, and um, the other thing. This all happens, too, because Mike Tomlin runs a loose ship. Like, this doesn't happen to Bill Belichick. No. There's no fucking way. Like, no, uh, Antonio Brown probably doesn't even have a Twitter account if he plays for Bill Belichick. Like... Yeah, that that's it. Remember when Antonio Brown Facebook Live? Yes. The, after the after the was a playoff game. It was after it was out. I think it was after playoff game. And, yeah. and it they, was a big one. 
and they were going to go play the Patriots, and, and yeah. Mike Tomlin said, like, fuck the Patriots or yes, something. Yes, that's right. And that's the right. Patriots went out and smoked the shit out of them the next week. Yeah. And so he's, I mean, wide re- really good wide receivers, a lot of them tend to be like this, but he's really thinking about himself more than anything. Yes. But, but, a lo- but I mean, Terrell Owens is a Hall of Famer. He was the epitome of look at me, look at me. Yep. Just receivers, Randy Moss. The, yeah. That's that's how these really good guys are. Receivers are generally yeah. divas, and the guys who cover them are kind of divas too. Yeah, you know they have a little bit less skill in the ball catching category, but they're just as good athletically as these yeah. wide receivers. So that both those positions tend to lend to that. So we could be seeing either either this is going to galvanize the team and they're going to come out of this stronger than ever, or the Steelers are just going to fracture, and it's going to just. Go into a ball of flames. And I get a feeling Ben's getting fed up with this, too. Uh, like, he's, he seems like a guy who's closer to retiring than he should be for someone his age, maybe. Like, yep. he, he seems like he's kind of just almost done. Like, he's he's had his career, and he's kind of, you know, he's got a little bit more in him, but it's like, if I have to put up with this stuff... This kind of shit. Uh, ...as well as yeah, play a full season of football, I don't know about that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but when they're all together, they're fantastic. Exactly. Uh, but And then we'll talk about some, some like, the, the big... Not the biggest news, but like the most, the the best news of the week is uh, Fitzmagic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just lighting it up, uh, wearing Conor McGregor <laughs> type clothes, which are Deshaun Jackson's clothes. Which is a great interview. If you haven't seen it, please go watch it. It is hilarious. Uh, I heard on the radio today, Jason Lacafora saying that um, uh, if it was him, he like as the Tampa Bay brass. He'd have the owner, the GM, the coach, like all the top guys. And as soon as Jameis comes back in, be like, you know what? we got to ride the hot hand here. You know, we've, we we believe in you, but you're sitting for the next little bit. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly agree. If I were them, I'd move on from Jameis. The guy, the guy keeps on getting into shit. You know, he's getting sued by the girl. Well, he's getting sued by an Uber driver who apparently he tried to grab her crotch. Yeah, that's what he was suspended for. Right. Right? And then, and then there was issues in, in college, too, with him as well. Stealing crab legs. Stealing and shit, crab like, legs. Shit like that. Like, yeah, he's, he's immature. He's oh. immature. And he has... But the thing is, like, and this this alleged sexual assault happened in the last year, so he hasn't grown this up. This is recent. Yeah, yeah that's, th- that's the problem. Yeah, he hasn't grown up. That that's the big problem with it all. Yeah. So, but what? But Lack, uh, that was a good interview with Lack and Fora. Uh, like you said, he he also mentioned too that he said, uh, you know, let him know we expect you to play. Like you're going to play football for us this year. We're not we're not getting given up on you. We're not getting rid of you. Yeah. We we know the potential that you have. You're going to end up playing for us at some point this year. So, which could be a bold faced lie, but I'd still. That's what I would say to Jameis. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not comfortable building a franchise around Jameis Winston. But at the same time, Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Not going to keep this up either. No, it's it's great, and uh, believe me, I'm eating shit for this because I got punched in the gut by Ryan Fitzpatrick like the first week of the season, and <laughs> just like watched him do it again last week. And it's uh, I, I love him, I, and I think I said on this podcast, I'm like, there's no way Fitzmagic is coming back for a second, for a second or third or fourth time. Yeah, and man, he did it again. He did it again, and they're having so much fun there. The, the fact that he dressed up. This is the reason you can't go back to Jameis Winston. The fact that he is willing to do, uh, make himself look silly to give his teammates a laugh in that press conference, that's what he, he's bringing that team together. And they're going to play for him. Damn right they they're, are. He's the kind of leader that he's like, man, that, that's a good fucking guy. I want to play for that guy. Where Jameis, I don't think, has that. And he's spreading the ball to everyone. Everyone's yeah. getting their touches. Deshaun Jackson had like, I, I, I thought I saw the set, it was like 
37 or 40 catches last year for 600 yards. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson, like, he doesn't get a lot of catches, but he should at least get 1,000 yards. He's, like, one of the best deep threats ever. He, he wasn't doing and that Jameis, with Jameis. And Jameis wants to get in the ball. And Jameis is supposed to have a gun of an arm. Yeah. That's his whole thing. He's supposed yeah. to have this huge cannon. Well, I've seen him use it in, in like, you know, like, throwing throwing to the back of the end zone when you're 10 yards out or something, but maybe he's not as accurate going downfield. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Oh, Baker. Oh, he's, he's in trouble there. He's Get moving. rid of it. He's moving and shaking. Oh, there oh, we go. Hits, Good throw. Uh, yeah, it's Carlos Hyde penalty. on penalty. All right. So that that's uh, it's great to see uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick do his thing, uh, but it probably won't last because it didn't last last time. Didn't last when he was with the Jets. Didn't last when he was with the Bills. Probably won't last with the Bucks. Well, I love the guy, but it never lasts that long. I mean, it seems like he does capture this uh, lightning in a bottle when he comes in this uh, these odd times. And obviously, he's a great guy to have on your team as even as a backup. Yep. And you know, he's a smart guy, calculated guy. I think he went to Harvard, like things like that. He's you know. He's 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 been around for a while because he's smart. So yep, I, right. I like him. He's fun to watch. All right, let's uh, let's get to Mike's gut feel segment. What was your record gut, last gut week? Gut feel. It was one in three. I'm thinking of changing the segment to gut punch because that's <laughs> that's what that's what is happening time and time again here. All right. And, uh, so we're gonna try to bring it out of the toilet uh, this week with a couple picks here. Okay. And uh, I'm feeling a little bit better about these as the season goes on. You kind of get more of an idea about what teams are up to and, and what they are all about here. So. Uh, let's give it a shot here. Uh, first one I'm going to go with, uh, this is one I wouldn't thought I would be picking at the beginning of the season, uh, but the Raiders at the Dolphins this week. Uh, this line started out at minus 4.5 in favor of the Dolphins. It's moved to three and even two and a half in some places. Uh, so if you like the Dolphins at the start of this game, you really like them now yeah. because people seem to be betting on the Raiders and the Raiders are a very popular public bet to begin with. People, Lots of people watch the Raiders play, so lots of people bet on them. So uh, I think that's one where you can take the Dolphins. They're 2-0. and uh, Here's something that I don't know if anyone knows. Is it in Miami or is it in Oakland? It's in Miami. Oh, yeah. And so, you, and so you got the West Coast Raiders traveling. I, yeah. I know I went against that theory last week by picking uh, the L.A. Chargers in but Buffalo. But that worked that, out, though. But that worked out, and that's a much different situation because of how bad Buffalo is. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. Uh, minus 2.5 if you can get them. That's a, that's a really nice line. That's better than three for sure. All right. Uh, Mr. Obvious on that point. Uh, <laughs> oh, one thing about Ryan Tannehill. Do you know what his record is in his last ten starts? No, nine and one. What? Nine and one. Well, I guess he didn't play all last year. He didn't play last year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's yeah. nine and one. In that his makes last sense, 10 starts. yeah, because they started off really crappy the year before, and then they had that hot streak going into the play. I don't know. I don't know if they made the playoffs, but they had a hot streak, and they almost made the playoffs. Yeah. And he's eight and two against the spread, which you know that is what it is. But uh, we're, wow. we're looking for that. So yeah, I will take uh, them. And then also the Broncos at the Ravens the next game. Uh, the Broncos two and zero. Oh, off to a hot start, and the Ravens one and one. Uh, the Broncos are two and zero, but they're not an impressive two and zero at this point. Uh, that one being at home for the Ravens, I kind of I do like the Ravens team better this year. I, I you know picking the Ravens isn't always the funnest thing, but I think they're actually going to do pretty well against the Broncos. They're they are a five point favorite. I think they win by probably a touchdown. In my uh, my thought, the way I'm looking at this game, Denver's not good on the road, and. Other than that's true, both their games are yeah, at home. So yeah, exactly. And the Ravens, uh, you know, they 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 beat a bad Bills team, uh, and then they lost last week to Cincinnati. But I think Cincinnati is actually a better team than they're getting credit for. Uh, I, I think Cincinnati is actually pretty good. So I'm going to go with the Ravens minus five and a half on that one. 
And the last one of the weekend is the Patriots. The Patriots are seven-point favorites at Detroit. Uh, the last two seasons, the Patriots are 5-0 and against the spread after a loss. They always come back strong uh, after a loss. Uh, also playing Matt Patricia in this one. Belichick probably has a decent idea what that guy's yeah, looking to well, do. Belichick owns his pupils, man. He and and he doesn't let up. Yeah, no. <laughs> in, in the scoring, he he's he's he'll crush I heard, it. I heard a stat that Tom Brady, the week after a double digit loss, and I think this only goes back like three or four years or something like that. Huh. But the the game after a double digit loss, he he's thrown seventeen touchdowns, zero picks. His passer rating is like hundred and twenty. It's, uh, it's like he just he just lights up the next team and Detroit. Just look like looks like it's just imploded from within. They're ter- they're and a very th- bad team. This this game is not going to help them. And I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And I say they're a bad team, but I like Matt Stafford, uh, Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate in fantasy. They're going to be playing from behind constantly, and they can actually throw the ball pretty well. Yep. I mean, they might not win a lot of games, but they're going to be throwing the ball and racking up yardage. So I like them in fantasy. I don't like them against the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, minus seven is is where I got them. It would have been great if you could get that uh, at like, like 6.5 would be fantastic. But, yeah. But I'll still take them there because I think Patriots are going to crush. And uh, that's all I got for this week. So let's, well, I think let's hope you're we going can turn around. I oh. like those picks. I think you're going three and zero. Perfect. I, uh, the other thing, uh, the biggest spread of the week is the Vikings at minus sixteen and a half points against the Bills. Oh, so that that's a weird game for a lot of betters because betters want to take the Vikings in that game and then also the under. But <laughs> you have to win by seventeen in order to cover your point spread bet. And that's already a lot going towards the over under. I don't have the that one thing that could that could, that'll that'll fuck that lineup is that you could I could totally see the Vikings being up twenty to nothing or twenty four nothing at half, yeah. and then they come out in the second half and they just take their entire foot off the gas and they're like, you know what, we're just every time we get it, uh, if we have a six play drive, five plays are going to be runs and we're just going to milk the clock and Buffalo will get two garbage touchdowns and it'll yeah. it'll cover the spread basically that's 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 what that sounds like and and sometimes you can get value on a line that's that big um, I, I don't have enough knowledge about these teams. The Vikings are a much better team. The Bills are garbage, but I still don't. I'm not confident that they would cover that spread in either direction. So I avoid that game uh, personally. Well, do you remember when Jacksonville sucked the big one? Like this was this was before like they started getting pieces and they were playing New England. New England I, and I thought, was that a 20 point spread? I remember that game. I, I think thought it was, it was 23 and a half. I was going to say I thought it was, it was over re- 20. It was a ridiculous spread, and New England did not cover it. No, but that this that, isn't college football. You know, that's a hard spread to cover. You you got not only do you have to win by twenty three touchdowns, you're the, you have to stop the other team from scoring completely. Yeah. So that's that's tough. But if you were like the, the smart betters were betting the Bills the first two weeks of the season, and it's always easier in hindsight. But but now they're going to start seeing more lines like this where they're double digit lines, and if not worse. And uh, the Bills were like, you know, they were touchdown underdogs at the beginning of the season. So yeah. it's going to get better. And I think that's pretty much it as far as uh, line stuff goes. Uh, yeah, no, there wasn't uh, there wasn't too much other than that. The biggest line mover was uh, people were betting on the Texans against the Giants. They moved that line from minus three and a half to the Texans to minus six. So wow. People, people, people are not in favor of the Giants and they're betting the Texans big time. I stayed away. There you go. All right, All right let's do some NHL. I 
think our reoccurring theme for the NHL is is what have the shitty Canadian GMs done this week? And this week it's the Ottawa Senators, just like last week. And Pierre Dorian is just um, looking like a total buffoon on TV. Uh, there's an interview out there with uh, a TV interview with Elliot Freeman and David Amber in the intermission of the Craftville hockey. I think it's Craftville, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. and uh, David Amber asked Dorian, uh, "What well, is thing- it? It's not Craftville yet because they're not oh, they in the regular season, right? So, so it was just an interview in a stadium. It, yeah, yeah, but it was in it was in it wasn't in like Ottawa. It was in like gotcha. Lucan or something. Okay, like yeah. that. Okay, well that is where they're doing Craft Hockeyville. So, okay, so, so it must have been like a precursor to that. So Amber asked Dorian. One thing you're optimistic for, and no word of a lie, like it only took like five seconds for him to answer, but it felt like it took an hour. It was a very long pause. You could see him pause and like look down, not sure of what to say, and he says, "We're a team." So that was that was a, a freeze moment. Like that, he was a deer in the headlights. I don't know if it was the wording of the question, if he didn't expect David Amber to ask that type of question. Or what? But it was a deer in the headlights, awkward pause, and then the answer was insufficient. We're a team. Everyone's a team. Yeah, no shit. Everyone is a team. So you guys are not unique in that. No. And if that's all your fans have to look forward to, you're in trouble. Yes, exactly. Like your your GM just like, and that was a microcosm of their whole organization right there. Like they don't even know what the fuck is going on. They're they're so confused here. This is it's it, and it starts like any organization. It starts with ownership, and Eugene Melnick is all over the place. He's putting out awkward videos to try yep. to tell the fans that he's still involved. Well, Pierre Dorian tried to one up him on that one. I think I, I, is Pierre <laughs> is Pierre Dorian really even have a say? Is he just is he just trying to be? He's like I'm a GM. I, I just want to be a GM in this league and have my own freaking say. But while I'm here, I have to I have to listen to this buffoon. Yeah. And 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 take my licks. Yeah, yeah. Take take um, the thing. The the worst part about it is Pierre Dorian will not get another job elsewhere for the job he's done in Ottawa. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I think you you pulled up uh, earlier. You had uh, you had a page open for the the starting lineup he had that he inherited, and then the one he has now. Yeah. So he was hired in April of 2016, and his starting lineup was Hoffman, Turris, Stone, MacArthur, Zabinajad, Ryan. And then Smith, Paggio, Zingle, uh, Chason, Paul, and Lazar with Neil as a fourth. And then, and then their defense was um, a thought Carlson, Fanuf, Cece, uh, Borowetsky, uh, I might be saying that wrong, I can't remember how to say his name, and Weidman. And they had Craig Anderson still in that. Borowetsky, yeah. 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 And, and, and Andrew Hammond was about And you look now, and it's like Duchesne, Stone, Brady Kachuk. That's all you got. Yeah. The rest are shit. And, 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 I, I love Brady Kachuk. I, I think he's going to be a great player. I like I like the way his dad played. I, I like the way his brother played. We see that a lot now, and I think he's going to be great. So they should I, I have given him. up that pick, though. They, yeah. You had to know that you were going to have to trade Carlson, and you have to give the either this past year's pick or this upcoming year's pick to the Avalanche. You had to give up last year's. Because the, because gonna because be they're going to be a worse team this year, and the one the pick they get next year is going to be worse. I'm yeah. I, I'm with you false on that. Hope. False hope. Guys. I'm with you on that. They obviously are trying to say they're going to win, <laughs> but but I you know what the word I hear out of Ottawa is is they're just saying that they can't wait for the season to start. They just want to play a game so someone will stop talking about how terrible they are off the ice. <laughs> and I I agree. I understand that 
that makes total yeah, sense. Makes oh, sense. oh, Baker Mayfield almost picked. Almost, almost picked. The Browns recovered a fumble from Robbie Spaghetti Anderson in order to have the ball on this drive right now. So, and and they only they only had to go like fifteen yards and they got three. So we're kicking a field goal. Yeah, but uh, there's the Browns will brown, points. Baby. They're coming back. They're the coming brown, back. Browns will brown, baby. Um. So yeah, just just another 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 installment of the uh, fucked up Canadian GMs doing things. So I just I want to know what Peter Shirelli does next week that we can talk about. That's what I want to know. And and, Bra- and we're in Calgary. Brad Living isn't perfect for no. sure, but he's making these other guys. He, he's 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 he looks, looks like, like a, a he looks like a fucking genius compared to Him, these other guys. Shovel Dayoff and um, Shovel Dayoff is great too. And uh, who's the kid in? Why can't I remember his name? Uh, yeah, Dubis. Dubis. Dubis, yeah. Right? Those yeah. three seem like they're like they're like fucking wonderkins now. Yeah. No, it's, to it's Dub- who's in Arizona? He's the other young guy too. Oh, yeah. that's Chick Yeah, uh, Ch- yeah, Chickren. No, that's that's no, the player. That's the player. <laughs> so the Seagull. Yeah. Uh, Ch- uh, Chaika. Chaika, that's right. Chaika, yeah, Chaika. Yeah. Anyway, Dubis is young though. He says stupid shit too, like uh, we hired Haley Wickenheiser because we because of diversity and all this shit, which is making which is insulting to Haley Wickenheiser. Why don't you say I hired Haley Wickenheiser because, because she's she a, she's a great hockey player and yeah. she she knows hockey and, and she has I want to bring mind, that and she has a great mind for the game and can bring a different perspective. Yeah, like like laud the person yes. for their abilities, not their sex. Yeah. And, and, and this is them virtue signaling. Toronto teams do this. It must be a Toronto thing. But the Blue Jays did this when they traded Roberto Osuna. You're saying, we're great. We're, we, are these, we are these amazing people that you guys should love. Like, it, it's stupid because it, it, it doesn't make sense. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. All right, Peter Shirelli, it's time for you to one-up. Let's see what you do <laughs> next week. On to MLB. Call me. Call me. That theme makes me wish that we were playing Griffey Baseball because these playoff races that we, we had decided at the beginning of the week, we're going to talk playoff races because it's two weeks away. we got to get excited. Well, and, yeah. then, and then I start looking and I'm like, oh, there's nothing to get excited about. They're basically all sewn up. I, I brought it up earlier, like a few weeks ago, and there was nothing going on. And we're like, there's nothing to talk about. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Thought about doing it this week because we're about 10 games or 11 games away from the playoffs. And there's still not a whole lot to talk about. No. Like yeah. the Red Sox got the AL <clears throat> East wrapped up, uh, except for like just the the math to it, basically. Yeah. The Yankees are basically locked in in the first wild card. Uh, they, uh, the Rays, even though they've had their hot... Uh, August uh, or I guess late July, early August into September, they're still five and a half games behind Oakland for the second wild card, so they're not making it in. It's a really impressive run that they that they went on. They're eighty four and sixty six right now. Yeah, and, uh, and really impressive by them. But it doesn't. It just there's they're, not. They're not going to get there. They'll run out of season. The Indians locked up the Central when the season started, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> like that's done. Uh, Astros at 95 and 57. They're up four games on Oakland, so they got that division locked up. Oakland basically is set in the second wild card. So the AL's basically set. Yeah. If the AL ended today, and it's most likely going to be the same when it ends, it's the A's against the Yankees in the wild card, the Indians at the Astros in the ALDS, and then the wild card winner versus the Red Sox in the ALDS. And the Red Sox are 
two magic number is two away from clinching the AL East, and their magic number to clinch the best record in baseball is only four. Oh wow! So if so, they're they're really close to having whole home field advantage all throughout the playoffs. The AL definitely was a top heavy league. You had the top six seven teams that just feasted on everybody else, and the rest was shit. Where you looked in the NL, the races are a little bit closer. There's still a lot more teams of like. You still have the Braves and Phillies fighting it out in the NL East. Uh, in the Central, you got the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals still yeah. jockeying. Uh, in the NL West, you still got three teams, Dodgers, Rockies, and Diamondbacks, even though Diamondbacks, I think, are done. They're 79 and 74. Yeah, they're, the Diamondbacks have lost 18 of their last 25. Yeah, they, they, they're they swooning at the wrong time. They were, first, they were first in the NL West. On August 31st, they're now six back, and they are out of it. Yeah. Um, the only team in the NL that has a slight chance of getting back in it is the Rockies. They have a 19% chance of actually getting in, which is huge yep. compared to everyone else, which is they're, they're you know, less than 10. Uh, a lot of them are much less than 10. So the Rockies only a game, in behind, a game and a half behind the Dodgers. It almost seems like you would think they would have more than a 19% chance of getting in, but... They um, look at schedule. They yeah. look at all these things. Yeah, I never looked. I'm, I would have thought that the Rockies and Dodgers played each other more, but there's only a few games left, so they could not play each other at all, in yep. which case that'll be much tougher for the Rockies to get in. Uh, but it looks like the Braves, like they're they're up by five and a half games on the Phillies, so I think that race is basically done. Uh, so the Braves, uh, that's the craziest story of this year, like the Braves coming out of nowhere. Their farm system got... Good. Everyone knew their farm system was good, and it, and that team got really good and ahead matured, of their time. Yeah, they matured quick. Yes, they to, did. To put, and that's something that happens <laughs> in baseball a lot. Like, obviously, we're Jay supporters, um, but every year it, you turn the page, and we you have a chance because those young kids that are unknown, they could play beyond their years, and you could make it in like the Braves did or the Twins did last year. Yeah, because the Twins came out of fucking nowhere. You know who made a really smart move uh, is Alex Anthopoulos. In he went to the Dodgers after the Blue Jays, right? Yes, in kind and, of and, in, in, in an advisor role. He, in an advisor role, which was yeah. perfect because he just waited for for his time. And he and when the Braves came calling, he's like he looked at that farm system. He's like, "Yep, I'm on board with this." Yeah. he just bided his time after Toronto. He played that perfectly. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that Toronto should have kept him because I don't think that's the case either. Um, if you're going with Shapiro and Atkins, then there's no point in keeping Anthopolis. Um, and uh, I just think it was a smart move by him to bide his time with the Dodgers, stay in the game, and then once the uh, the Braves came calling, you're like, this is a great opportunity. Yeah, and in the Central, you got the Cubs up at two and a half games on Milwaukee, uh, and the Milwaukee Brewers are up three games in the first wild card spot over St. Louis. So I think like the Cubs and Brewers are in. Uh, Dodgers are going to be in uh, as the NL West winners, I think. More so it's going to come likely. down to like the Cardinals and the Rockies. I'm going to give the edge to the Cardinals in that one. So I basically think that's how it's going to look. So, so what you're talking about, and this is, I agree with you, it's going to be Cardinals at the Brewers in the wild card, and then the Braves and the Dodgers in the NLDS. Yeah, and, and, and then, then the, the wild Cub, card. The Cubs are going to yeah. be the number one seed. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, Unless the Rockies can pull off something magical. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes, and we're and hopefully we'll have something better to talk about next week. Maybe something exciting will happen. It'd be nice if we could talk about the Blue Jays being invested in this. Yeah, see you in twenty nineteen. Have we talked about that recently? <laughs> NBA. <laughs> All 
All right. So in the last couple of days, it's come it's come out that Jimmy Butler. I, I think this happened on Wednesday, so yesterday. Jimmy Butler asked for a trade from the Timberwolves. Uh, he gave them a list of three teams, which were reportedly the number one team was the LA Clippers, the number two was the Knicks, the number three was the Brooklyn Nets, which made no sense to me. Well, and here, here's the thing: there, he he doesn't have a no trade clause. He does not. So what he's doing is he's giving um, the Timberwolves a list of teams he would be willing to sign an extension with next year, because teams aren't going to want him if they think he's going to jet, or they would at least if they're going to make a big trade for him, they want to know they can re-sign him. Exactly. And or so they, if they can't, yeah. they're going to give less assets. And the team he's listing have the availability to sign him. Yeah. The Knicks have came out publicly and said they're not as interested. They're probably trying to play a little coy with that. Well, they, I think they want to sign him and Butler and not give up assets. Sign him, sign Butler and a Kyrie Irving. That makes sense. In 2019. That that, make, that's what I can see happening. That makes there. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, the Clippers have room for two max contracts on their books. So. But do they have the assets to give? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And the Nets, uh, the Nets is just clearly something they have room. He he apparently he likes New York or L.A. by the looks of it here. He is kind of a, he likes to be out there and stuff. He's big on Instagram and all these things, so he likes to be out there for sure. And he wants to be traded by Monday. Because he Monday, set a timeline. On this yeah, because because Monday he has a uh, there's like a media availability to start training camp or something. He mm-hmm. wants to be traded before that. I guess um, I can get that. But the, I had heard reports in the summer that he wasn't happy with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins for their work ethic. Yeah, he doesn't like their work ethic. That's a big thing. A guy like Butler, the one thing, whatever you think about him, he is a motivated, uh, attack-first guy. And when he sees his teammates not going as hard as him, that's going to bother him. Yep. And that's kind of respectable, too. And he's, I don't, uh, he's probably right about this. If he's saying that, he's probably not wrong. Yeah, exactly. And but now he's saying it's like now it's coming out that it's more contractual than anything is the reason Maybe. he wants to move. And I'm like, yeah. well, let, let's face it, he just doesn't want to live in fucking Minnesota. He wants to go somewhere else. Uh, and and this is this is kind of a big deal because he's with a coach he's familiar with. He's yeah, with, Tom he's, Thibodeau. He's with Tom Thibodeau, who is the coach and the president and of the that president. Friend. He actually, which is which is interesting because he announced today that he's not going to move him for for rebuilding assets. Okay, so he wants to keep going with what they got because they have a pretty good team. I was wondering about that too. Like with Butler, they they're they're a playoff team. Yeah, he only played he played fifty nine games last year and they made the playoffs, right? Like he he helped them get over the hump and get in the playoffs. They got ousted by, uh, I, I think it was Golden State in the first round. Golden State or Houston, I can't yeah. remember which. And I don't either. And there there so there must be some actual like personality beefs going on here because the team itself actually could be pretty good with Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Butler, and the other uh, you know supporting cast they got there, they could be pretty good. Yep. Uh, and speaking of beef, I think uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins' um, brother came out and as soon as this came out said uh, he tweeted hallelujah to the news. Yeah. And then this guy... not a good move. Not a good move. Then he deleted the tweet and then Butler put out an Instagram post saying, like, basically, you got to keep up the same energy, yeah. which I didn't understand until we looked into it. And Steven Jackson had earlier <laughs> said that Jimmy Butler is all heart, and he brings that energy where Andrew Wiggins is no heart, and that's the kind of energy he brings. 
Steven Jackson just coming out of nowhere just to talk shit. Yeah, and Steven Jackson's a shit talker, and he's a tough dude uh, during his playing days for sure, and probably still now. But yeah, I don't know where he got brought yeah, into this whole yeah, thing. Like he, I don't remember him ever playing for the Timberwolves, so I don't know what he was invested. Yeah, in maybe this maybe sport. he likes maybe he just likes Jimmy Butler. Maybe he just wants to throw his opinion out yeah, there. Yeah, maybe, but um, yeah, Wiggins' brother starting shit, and then Andrew Wiggins. Uh, what did he tweet out? He tweeted out something like, "Like I Stephen got- Jackson slash old dudes, stay ha- stay hating like they were anything special, like he was anything special." So I mean, yeah, it's just it's you know it's the NBA is full of this stuff, right? This yeah. is NBA drama, like it's they 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 are all over. This is what this yeah. is what this is why it's such a big sport though, because of this shit that happens, yeah. it keeps people. Into it. Well, it's kind of like a soap opera off the court, and then you get great athleticism and great entertainment on the court. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's, it's the best of both worlds for sure. But uh, yeah, and and so like lots of weird things going on too. Jimmy Butler has been like I think he's he's been really critical of Anthony Towns. Uh, they said like at one point uh, they came off. Uh, they they came off the floor during a game. Carl Anthony Towns wasn't happy with himself. He like hit the wall on the way to the je- dressing room, and a lot of people clearly heard Butler yell, uh, "Come on, Carl Anthony Towns, come on, quit being a fucking pussy!" Like he's he's been on these guys a lot. He he does not believe that these guys have what it takes to uh, be to be a good to team be a champion or, or a can, contender or whatever. Yeah, uh, which is crazy because they got both of, like hit Wiggins. Wiggins hasn't turned out the way. Um, the way that I thought he would. What a catch by Jarvis Landry. Holy shit. Here come the Browns. Yep. On the one yard Baker. Line. On the one Baker. yard line. Baker. Holy fuck. Look Four, at this. 14-6 is the score right now. So wow. If, if they, High point of the ball. Wow. Nice streak route. Put it in the only place the receiver could get it. Jarvis, Jarvis Landry isn't known for going up and getting those ones specifically. He's more of a just a reception type guy. Yeah, yeah. Slot guy and, and do the underneath, you know. Baker's got go this, Baker. This believe there it. You go. And there we go. Touchdown. Hand off to Carlos Hyde. He's got in. it. Touchdown. Carlos Hyde, whose uh, whose wife is in labor right now. Actually. Really? Oh, was he it? was. He just shipped the ball like yeah. a baby. Yeah. Induced today, and I guess like he left the hospital to come straight to the game, and wow. then right after the game, he's like bolting to go right back to the hospital. So hopefully, he gets to see the birth of his kid. Uh, he's got the kid a touchdown, so that's, that's nice. That's crazy. If she's watching right now, pregnant, and I guess she probably wouldn't be. But if she yeah, was, she, she, I just yeah, got yeah, she's got. Uh, I, I was just thinking back. I'm like, oh, I guess there's no TV in there. <laughs> um, Although well, that would have been great. Uh, also, so the Jimmy Butler stuff is crazy. Um, I think it's laughable that the Clippers are in, in on everything. Like, why do you want to go play for such a loser organization? The Knicks, I get because they have pieces. And Fitzdale, Fisdale is liked by players. So I can see the Knicks. The Nets, I wouldn't go there. Screw that shit. Run, Baker, run. Oh, you dumb fuck. Oh, what are you doing? Uh, he just threw an interception, but there's going to be a holding penalty on probably, probably the offense. Probably the offense, so it looks like an interception. Uh, also, in other NBA news, this made me just chuckle. Uh, I didn't even bring it up to Mike that I was going to talk about it. But the 76ers, when they fired Brian Colangelo... They were like, you know what, we're going to go after a, I, I want to say like a premier GM. That's what they said. Okay. We're going to go after like the top, the class of the class, you yeah. know? Yeah. So there's rumors they're going to go after the uh, the old Cleveland GM, David Griffin. Okay. That's, right? That's the top of the top for them? For them. Uh, but you know what they decided to do? They decided to hire Elton Brand. Do you remember him? The power forward Elton yes. Brand? Yes. Clippers Elton Brand? You got that right. 
Okay. Yes, because he's the cream of the crop. Well, I, he was a good player. Very good player. <laughs> That's, what? I, what I, the fuck? You're right. You didn't bring that up, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised more than anything because Elton Brand, good, really good power forward, undersized power forward, knew how to play basketball really well. I didn't realize he was in the running for a GM position. And I guess he was an advisor with the team for the last two years, and they just they had it in the gym job. But that is not the cream of the crop. I'm sorry. No, no. Like, what are you doing? Like, when you think of cream of the crop, uh, like, th- there's guys out there. Uh, obviously, we're... Uh, oh! There we go. Baker Mayfield Baker. just, just ca- caught, a, caught a two-point conversion. They did a reverse wow. with a throw. Holy shit. High game, folks. Oh, Cleveland. This is a thing now. Quarterbacks catching passes if is they, a thing. Uh, if they win this game... They're gonna Bud Light's gonna open up all those beer keg things. They were yeah. the fucking city's gonna burn. It's gonna burn. Well, didn't their river already burn? Wasn't it on fire for a while? Oh, maybe. No, that's a thing. Oh, I think it is. Look it up, fans. <laughs> we're not going to. But you guys should. You guys should. Yeah. All right. So that's been uh, that's been episode seven. Uh, we will be back next Thursday watching another Thursday night game with some more news and probably ripping on Peter Shirelli. Have a good night, everybody. See you later.